Hello and welcome to the Law in Sport podcast with me, Sean Cottrell, the CEO of Law in Sport. I'm delighted to welcome our special guest today, Paolo Lombardi. He is the founder and managing director of Lombardi Associates, a boutique regulatory firm which acts in a range of football stakeholders, including clients from clubs, players, coaches, intermediaries, also has a significant representation across Syria, um, as well as a number of clubs in Scotland and England. Prior to founding Lombardi Associates, Paolo worked at FIFA, where he was in the FIFA player status department. Uh, then I wanted to become the deputy head, was involved in some really significant cases, many of which I studied when I first got into sports, so the Webster, Mutu, Nexus. Um, then he went on to become the head of FIFA disciplinary and governance, overseeing the disciplinary and governance matters for both in-house and uh, various FIFA tournaments, such as the Beijing Games and the 2010 FIFA World Cup in South Africa. He's also involved in drafting and regularly updating the FIFA regulations. Hello, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you're well. Um, to start us off, could you, I think it's fair to say that you're an understated individual um, and that you, you know, as a firm, um, and for disclosure, you guys are members now of Law and Sport and have been for a while. Um, and you've all, over the years, you've contributed and your colleagues have contributed articles to Law and Sport. Um, you've organized various conferences as well, particularly in Scotland, um, educational courses and conferences. Um, but you don't really um, shout about the work you are doing. So uh, could you give us an insight into sort of either, you know, some of the high profile work that you've done that you haven't uh, you know, gone out and told people about or some cases that you consider to be significant, particularly at the Court of Arbitration for Sport? Yeah, well, f first of all, thank you for having me here. Um, um, it's, um, it's, it's a great, great pleasure. Um, well, um, yeah, we don't talk too much about what um, what we do. Uh, I, I don't know if there's there's a reason for that. Maybe I'm that type of generation. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, we've got we've got a couple of millennials in our office, so uh, <laughs> they are better than me. I said, Paolo, shall we tweet about that? Um, uh, there there are some confidentiality issues, of course, obviously. Um, I don't necessarily like too much, you know, talking too much about, about what we do, but I do, I do understand, I do and appreciate that. Uh, that is, it, it's, it's good also for, from a, um, uh, if you will, uh, an educational point of view. So you, you do, what, what we do share is, is cases that we'll, where we were involved, you know, on, on our website and, uh, and we, we tend to do it. Um, because also as a firm, we're a training firm, and we uh, we try and involve younger um, uh, lawyers. Not so much during the pan pandemic, obviously, but um, yeah. And um, but there are cases that we were involved in where um, we which we uh, didn't uh, uh, talk about. Um, obviously. Um, one I can think of is uh, the case we had representing uh, football legend and uh, international coach, uh, Serbian coach, uh, Sinisa Mihalovic, who's a client, and um, we helped him. We uh, signed the contract with a, a Portuguese football club 
in uh, 2000, back in 2018, and then uh, not 10 days after he was uh, hired, um, he was also sacked. So we had a, um, uh, we lost a claim with um, um, CAS, um, uh, ordinary proceedings, and it was a successful claim. Uh, but what makes this case different from uh, others is that uh, um, uh, during the proceedings, he got um, extremely uh, ill. Um, uh, unfortunately, um, he was diagnosed with uh, leukemia, as uh, is common knowledge. And um, so uh, we had to deal uh, with the personal aspect uh, as much as the professional one, if you will. And and and. I remember his uh, joy when he was uh, when um, he received the news, the positive news that that we uh, that, that he had been successful at CAS. Um, I can't go obviously uh, too much into specifics of, of the case for obvious reasons, but um, it, it was uh, it was great. And the personal element is something that you know we, we work with a number of clubs in Italy and and uh, UK and and uh, uh, elsewhere but and it's great to work with clubs uh, but you always uh, talk to uh, the club you know CEO the president the, the, the club secretary and they represent an institution they represent a club whereas when you um, represent a, an individual um, like uh, in this case uh, especially under these circumstances, uh, you're also invested on a personal uh, level, so that's uh, that. That is one case that would uh, uh, stand out from from a personal point of view. And do you think I've been thinking about this over the last few weeks? That, and I say this, we run as you know, right? We run a global mentoring scheme, um, and you would do a lot to try and help the sort of new people coming into the market. One of the things that always surprises me is how mm, how significant those type of scenarios personal scenarios where you have an impact on an individual a positive impact on an individual stand out seem to stand out way more significantly or more significantly than you know some of the maybe big ticket items right where they've got loads of money associated to it but it doesn't have that did you is that is that something that that is is that something that you think is, you know, how you um, experience this, say, work in the sector as well? Yeah, abs absolutely. We, um, we, we, yeah, mo most recently we were involved with a case of a, of a assistant coach in a very minor club in, against a very minor club in uh, Saudi Arabia. And it's, <laughs> the guy was in, in such a difficult uh, in such a difficult position because he couldn't leave the country, he couldn't, uh, 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 you know, there was some, some let, let me put it, constructive dismissal. <laughs> let me put it this way. And it, I was desperate. And it, it, it was calling me about, uh, uh, about what do we do with, with, with the car? I mean, what, what do we do with my my uh, uh uh, hotel bedroom, you know, the, the hotel room, they, they kicked me out and they sent me to a place where I, you know, I wouldn't put my dog. And um, so you, you have, you, you, yeah, create this personal relationship. And I've been involved in some, I've been so lucky 
so lucky to be involved in some jurisprudence making massive cases. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that is that is just work. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know kind of like, exactly. I guess it's, yeah, I guess it's like when you say to a football player, like, you know, what's the most significant moment?" And sometimes you get these really surprising answers. Whereas, like, yeah, for them, yeah, matters, yeah, something matters more than, yeah, what well, you may see, like, when I, when I got paid X number of million yeah. pounds, they're like, that doesn't really resonate yeah. as much. That's so interesting. And so, yeah, you've been very fortunate in this, in your career. You obviously worked at FIFA. I mean, yeah, it must have been an incredible experience. And you've seen, obviously, the football industry just you know, transform. Um, can I ask, how did, you, how did you start getting into uh, this line of work? And how did you get a job at FIFA? Like, uh, how did that come about? It, um, it was well, um, well, uh, a few years ago. But it, 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 it was two, two decades ago, and um, I just um, you don't finishing know enough, Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> That's so kind, like <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's, um, so I, I graduated from uh, the University of Padova, and uh, my my career was sort of set because my brother's a lawyer uh, in um, in Italy and I'd started uh, doing uh, your practice with him and sort of the path was set and I, I, I didn't really uh, like the idea and I looked for something that would uh, uh, take me abroad um, and um, I someone um so someone told me that there was this um, uh, CIS organized uh, uh, master, um, um, which uh, was one year long um, and which had some ties with FIFA, uh, which is now the FIFA master. So I took the, sec- the, second, uh, the second edition of the uh, of FIFA master in 2001. And um, just after I graduated, and um, it was a, a life-changing experience. Mm, uh, I learned a lot um, at a time where um, sports business and sports law weren't as developed as they are they are now. Um, and then uh, again, uh, uh, sliding door the doors the the uh, the tiny player status department in, at FIFA, someone had left and they were looking for someone uh, in-house. I applied, I got the job uh, and I started um, with FIFA 20, 20 years ago. And, uh, and how, yeah. many, sorry, sorry, to get, how many people were in the department at the time? Uh, I, was, I was tiny, it's, I don't know, less than 10. Yeah, <laughs> right. set, seven, but yeah. Right. And, and- yeah. How big was that? The FIFA legal team was not very big then either, right? Like in... uh, about twelve. Wow. So, yeah. No, it was it was that it was uh, disciplinary. So it's one or two. So when I started, it was one disciplinary. There was a general legal, but there was a bit of um, you know the the general secretary was also uh, involved in the legal, and so was the uh, the, the sort of. Uh, advisor to the president, the, uh, yeah. So it was a bit. It, it's it was nowhere near uh, as uh, organized as as it is now. Uh, as was uh, as was football. Football was uh, sorry. I was uh, sports law. I mean, uh, it, it was. So football, I, I remember, the, 
but in international like football has led the way in terms of because of the global reach that they're like in so i think it's fair to say we just for the rest of the podcast we'll just assume if we talk about football we're talking about sports a little more broadly but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah so and um, i remember that at that time we would still um welcome people to the this we uh, liberty style villa on the um uh, hills of zurich to uh, if there was a dispute we would just sit down and try and, and settle it <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, and now it's funny it's, it's gone full circle because now people have obviously got their mediation <laughs> yeah exactly Re- reinventing the wheel yeah, yeah exactly no. yeah, it's, it's so interesting but it is there is something in this in the sense that you know, as a market, as football's probably uh, developed, people get more sophisticated, they they have more confrontations and, and so forth. And they get to the point where like, this is ridiculous, we're over-litigating here, we probably need some other forum to settle this because it's getting way too expensive. So it's quite interesting. And then what would you say over your um, time at FIFA? What, okay, I, because the problem is we could talk probably just talk about that for two hours, three hours. Um, maybe a, a t- you know over a beer sometime, but the um, or a glass of wine. With but pleasure. The, but what would you say your sort of main learning and observations were as a young person going into and presuming you're a football fan, right? Going to work at FIFA at a time must have been almost mind blowing. Because um, I like say I go to places like that now, and I'm kind of still, you know, I really enjoy it and feel very privileged to to get to go to to most things to be honest with you, but. Um, how was it for you and what were the sort of key learnings did you what did you when you left FIFA what did you take away from it in terms of just sort of observations of where football was was at the time or you know mm-hmm. um, yeah so what it took away was um, a bunch of booklets with the regulations that's uh, that picture <laughs> and a stapler sorry Mr. Blatter um, other than that um, FIFA shaped um, shaped the uh, my my career. Uh, it made me what uh, I what, so what I am, as it were. You know, sometimes you look back and say, "I'm am I a different person? I'm a completely different person. I'm 20 years older." And uh, but um, it gave me a perspective. Um, it gave me. Uh, the understanding that there are different uh, cultures in, uh, in the world and different way of dealing with things, um, that there's no right or wrong. It's not, uh, we're right because we are from uh, the Western world <laughs> or, uh, you know. Um, or we're very relevant we, for today, uh, everything going on around the world at the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you, you listen, you listen, you learn. I was, uh, I, I, I traveled um, pretty much the, the four corners and, and uh, um, you get to see different, different perspectives, different problems. Um, and, but just one common denominator, which is the passion for football. Um, so I went to countries I didn't know existed. Uh, and, and, and yet, uh, Never seen so much passion as in in, in certain African ca- countries, for example, uh, or or in fact South Americans. Um, so yeah, that's a perspective that would be my my short answer. And and what would you say were the highlights then from working when you're doing time at FIFA? What was your sort of um, right? So um, 
being part of, uh, of the, the, the say steering group in uh, relation to uh, for, for, for uh, football regulations. That was that was amazing. Um, being part of the drafting uh, say team of the um, RSTP. So the regulation and status transfer of players, just 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 in case people aren't familiar, I know they should be, but. Uh, been uh, so that is uh, so the first edition, say in 2001, let's say, uh, wow. as as we know it, as we yeah. know it, um, and after that, 2005, and 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 the the following editions. I can ask you something, and how how was how uh, how legally focused was the drafted, and how because you know how politically was it? So, say for example, we take outside of football, and you look at Wilder. And the wider code, obviously, in an international context, it is impossible to, to operate without politics influencing, you know, because you that it plays such a huge part of stakeholder representation. How much of that was sort of an alignment of minds just to get something on paper, and how much of it was sort of strict legal drafting in terms of yeah, uh, next question. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, the reason why I say it is it's not to say it as a pointed question. It's just, again, like you, it's the reality of the world that when you're trying to get, you know, where it doesn't matter, it's now if financial fair play, if whatever it is, you've got this, I think often that's overlooked by by people on, on, on particularly by private practice lawyers, is when you're in-house, you've got to, as I understand it, I've never done it myself, so I'm talking as if I know, but other people have told me, that, that as much of it is about you making sure you've got stakeholder engagement and and um, they're on board in order for you to make sure you can actually just have a focused conversation rather than, you know, and we've seen this across football sometimes where things just can't get agreed because, you know, because of the politics. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you just one example. I was in uh, representing um, FIFA in um, the um, um, FIFA anti regulations um, uh, working group in uh, 2010, uh, 9, and, 9 and 10. Um, and then on, on the other side, I shouldn't say on the other side, but say on, on one side of the table was WADA. <laughs> and, and, and at that point, there was a bit of um, friction, uh, let's say, in terms of the uh, interpretation of rules, like the whereabouts uh, rules and... Um, whether or not you know, uh, <laughs> we felt that the WADA code at that point was very much uh, uh, targeting, uh, very much um, say focused on on individual uh, uh, athletes. Uh, I think it's fair to say it was. <laughs> 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 and um, yeah, so at football, we, we were like, okay, yes, yeah, fine, but you know, the whereabouts can be the same as because they move as a group but it, it, was, it was there was an element an element of uh, non-strictly legal uh, <laughs> work definitely and so so with the disciplinary code and the agents regulations yeah of course i guess one thing to draw out is what what then do you think having been in that position and what do you take now into practice in terms of what did you learn in terms of, um, you already said listening to people as one key point that you learned from the international side. Um, in terms of dealing with those um, type of environments, and I said this as someone who is very privately opinionated, less so publicly, but someone who's now learning as an older person, 
<laughs> it seems, um, how to, uh, as an adult, how to be more conciliary, I guess, with with the, if that's the right word, with people, as opposed to be I always, you always felt as a, as a youngster being insecure that you always had to be in confrontation, right? You always had to win a point. Um, what 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 did you observe and learn in terms of getting things done and being effective? What were your sort of over that time? What did you start to pick up and think? Oh, you know, if I do this, I'm much more effective than if I take this approach. Mm -hmm. uh, one one thing is is definitely there's a divide between the uh, athletes, the players, or the clients in general, and the club as well, and and the institution. And sometimes the institution is the enemy because they are the ones who impose rules, sanctions, uh, and, and this and that. And we've got oh, countless examples of this um, from, 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 you know, most recently with the Super League and, and you know, you name it. Um, and then what I always try to do with the, with the client is uh, uh, explain uh, the, the, the point of view of the institution. Just listen, listen to 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 each other. So the, this kind of duplicity, the fact that the duplicity, the fact that I was able to be on the other side, and now I'm 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 on, on in private practice. Um, I would say the 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 the, 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 the peculiarity. I would say that that probably. Um, um, characterizes our work is the fact that we know exactly how uh, institutions work. And we always suggest um, to the clients uh, a, a very um, uh, open approach, uh, try not to be confrontational uh, with, uh, with the institutions. And so this is something that this is a learning that I've taken from from It's so interesting. There's um. Some people, hopefully I'm not, I know one of them won't be fine with. So Jaime Krembeling, who obviously left, uh, recently left FIFA, he's, he's said on that, we just did a podcast, and he was saying one of the things he observed was that how many, uh, uh, you know, essentially FIFA's members um, or the, the clubs or whoever it may be, they don't understand the intentions behind the regulation. When they do, they suddenly have a different approach. So, you know, he, I think that backs up that point. And then other people um, uh, like uh, Brianna Quinn, who you'll know as well, obviously, she was saying from an anti-doping anti perspective, she was thinking it's always good for people to have some experience representing the athlete and the institution, just because it helps bridge that gap. And so, uh, yeah, it's a really, it's a, a good point of reflection, I think, for people who are looking to um, be better, whether you are already got established practice or whether you're um, starting out um the the getting that that, that sort of a broader exposure is is probably going to benefit you more than you could probably imagine yeah yeah well definitely you know just picking on what uh, Jaime uh, said and I I, I I think he nailed it and I, I agree with uh, Bree too um but and sometimes the client is like oh yeah but, but PIFA or UEFA or whatever they don't understand you know they they, they don't um, why do they decide like this or that uh, and i try and explain how the decision making process happens uh, that they have to deal with uh, uh, thousands of, of cases sometimes you have the feeling that uh, it has to be a, a bit of a uh, 
conveyor belt, uh, as it were. Uh, but um, and then I try try and explain that a, if the client feels that justice has not been done, we can always go to to CAS because one of the uh, ten and and I, I, I'm a FIFA person. I also sometimes I realize I come across as a, a pro institution, as it were. But um, I, I understand that the turning point was uh, the development of CAS. So now, now CAS, the Court of Arbitration for Sport, which acts as a body of appeal against FIFA decisions, uh, you, you know, it can, obviously, uh, there are things that could be, could be uh, improved, like um, anywhere. Um, and, um, but uh, the, 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 the credibility of the, 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 the acceptance of uh, FIFA uh, of uh, CAS, which actually coincided with me starting working for FIFA uh, uh, at FIFA 20 years ago. And that was a bit of a turning point because it made the whole system more uh, credible, more structured. CAS has, in, has grown exponentially since. Uh, I think I, I was involved in my first CAS case in 2003. And... Um, uh, and that now uh, we are, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Let, let's say what, what, one of uh, one of the, the last emails I received um, has a, an appeal number of eight thousand, almost seven hundred, etc. So you know that's uh, that's um, yeah. So, but but that's you know this is something that the, the uh, I always encourage the client to think and understand. Um, I know that you're after your own interest, um, but I'm trying to explain to you how this works. So you can work with the system, not against it. Yeah, yeah, Joe, it's such a such a great point in the sense that there's a moment. I think it's one of those things. A lot of people just go, you know, because we obviously help a lot of uh, athletes out pro bono and put put them in contact with people. And we, do, you know, when we're doing that, we always have to explain, you know, what they can and can't expect. Um, you know, so that kind of like, yeah, bring them down to reality at times or even just giving them an insight because they could feel a bit lost. So I think it's, uh, you know, an incredibly um, uh, helpful approach to take. For, I know that makes the rest of the process much smoother. In terms of, so, again, coming back to what would you say then, so the highlight really for you was, was being able to shape the football regulatory landscape? Mm. Yeah, uh, is that right? Is that is that kind of a uh, yeah? That's been involved with the with the uh, with with first cast cases, uh, but there is one case that one thing that I'd like I'd like to share, and I'm not yeah, really public about uh, that. And it's uh, um, so uh, towards the end of of my uh, career at FIFA as head of disciplinary, uh, we. Uh, uh, Opened proceedings against uh, well, no less than than Diego Armando Maradona, um, and that was November two thousand nine, and um, they had uh, he was the national coach of Argentina, and after a, they qualified in uh, Bolivia, Peru. Um, they, they they qualified and then he went to the press to the press conference at the, at the end, and then he started abusing people, uh, uh, um, 
say suggesting that uh, journalists should um, perform oral sex on him. Um, so uh, and uh, repeatedly. Uh, so you can cut this if, if you think it's it's getting a bit uh, out of yeah. But uh, I'm just thinking uh, in this this day and age you wouldn't even get close to to probably uh, getting out. Yeah, yeah. The, um, so um, we we sorry apologies. Uh, so we we open proceedings against this guy and 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 um and um, because you know of his foul language and um, and then uh, uh, there was a hearing and then uh, Diego Armando Maradona came to Zurich um, uh, for the disciplinary hearing and um, obviously that that was. Uh, it was unbelievable because you, you come into this, there was this huge James Bondy uh, conference room uh, in, uh, in the sub-basement, uh, uh, the bunker of FIFA. And, um, and the room is massive. There's this, this, this humongous chandelier and um, enters this one meter sixty man, he, uh, a tall man who... who it's it, it's very short, but it was just in my eyes. He was like this superhero, and he was uh, yeah. so. And so he was on the other end of this the, the huge uh, table, and I was I was the, the in the judging bench, the other side, and, uh, and then I saw. This, I was I was start struck and and I don't get but that is that was Maradona and then when we handed physically the judgment he was suspended for two months so uh, he couldn't uh, um, attend the um, the draft for uh, for the World Cup so uh, I went there to hand the the uh, the, the judgment the decision the spring decision he had to sign it and. Uh, <laughs> All I could think is that he signed with his right hand <laughs> instead of his, uh, I was expecting his left hand. Uh, and, <laughs> stuff you think about right at the moment. Yeah. And that, 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 exactly, that's all, all I could think about. And then, and then he spoke to me. He spoke to me in Italian because you know he lived in famously in Naples. And he was interested about oh yeah, you, and, and that that was uh, that was a defining moment and then i said okay from now on i want to defend people i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's 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 funny, funny you say that you've obviously been very honest about the, the experience but i think it's one of the things that i think is a real challenge in the sports environment because you hear about this all the time even you know very senior people sometimes they get caught in that moment where they'll you know and you, you know about this from the you know celebrity court cases and stuff like that right people you know they're still they're still human beings at the end of the day right and so it's very hard but that's a cool that's a very good story i like that and then um <laughs> and then what when when i guess what was the what was your rationale for leaving fifa and um because you could have done a million different things right you could have set up a consultancy no doubt become a football agent um you could have done different things what so what was the what was your motivation and 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 obviously you, you love what you do because you set up your own practice and you know you're very successful with it but what was the kind of at that moment in time were you frustrated um with sort of career development or you just wanted a new challenge or what was the 
Well, uh, yeah, definitely a new challenge. I, um, we were probably, at that point, we were the right number, especially a, a, a player status, um, the right number of people, uh, which would allow us to talk on the phone to clubs, players, associations, and be there and be like, like a helpline. And, and, be, and this is... The, this is this this was one of the features of my work that I, I like the most, talking to people and trying to help them. And then I I I thought why not make a career out, out of this? You know, I attended two um, World Cup cycles, so two thousand two to two thousand six and six to ten. I attended actively two World Cups. Um, I went from a from being a case handler to head of disciplinary and governance. Um, it was it was time it was time to to move on, and um, that's yeah, and that that's why we we moved to uh, to the UK. Also, fa- family was also a reason. Our first child was uh, born in Zurich, and then we were expecting baby number two. So it was the right time uh, to to move to to the UK. Uh, Philippa, my wife, has uh, set up the company with me uh, 10 years ago. Is also uh, She's from Edinburgh, so that's why we set up in Edinburgh. And uh, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was the right time. And Joe, the one thing I'm getting from this is that you're definitely a people person. That's the one thing from the start, start of the interview through to now is the thing that um, obviously matters to you is people, uh, which I think is a, is a very um, welcoming trait uh, for people in the sector. In terms of then, what, I guess, what were the key milestones for you then? Because give in mind then, at this point, you're still a pioneer really, in, you know, as, as some others um, as setting up boutiques. Um, yeah, but there weren't many boutique sports still for not, not people who are doing sports work full time. There's still not that many really in the world. There's more now than there was before, but it's not that many. Um, what were some of the key milestones for you? Was it kind of winning your first client, or uh, what was the what was when you look back now? Because you, you you're probably not someone who reflects that heavily on it. But when you look back, it's you you've been it's been pretty good to set up your own practice. Bear in mind the time where we are now to set up a practice that is sustainable. It was is an achievement because we know you know and I'm going to be really you probably can't be as candid as I can, but there's a lot of people in the sector who purport to do sports work full time that don't. And that's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of people who say, we don't do it, we do media rights, we do other stuff, which is again, absolutely fine. But what I'm trying to um, sort of rather convolutedly say is that it's a hard sector to, to have a full time practice in uh, for, you know, because of the nature of the clients. <laughs> they're all over the place and uh, they're at different levels. And stuff. So what was it for you, what would what you look back just reflecting on it, what would you say have been some sort of key milestones for you? That's uh, that's very interesting. I, I, I don't like looking back too much, but it's it's actually I I, I really like this question. Um, so the first uh, milestone is where my, blah, 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 maybe when um, uh, oh when the first invoice was paid. So that's uh, that, that was very good. Uh, and then uh, it was I, I went from a one man band. Uh, really into uh, an office that now can can really keep up with all, all the work of, at, at times at times 
we I think we should you know uh, expand. Uh, we really want to keep it as uh, we're a team, and uh, and and it's you know so hiring is is it's not just about the uh, the the salary of picking the right person. Professionally speaking, you need to integrate with the rest of the team. Uh, you know, Luca uh, is is great, especially with the Italian with Italian clients. Uh, Ian and James are tremendous uh, um, Scottish, in fact, lawyers. Um, and Philip is managing the, the the whole thing and the business side of things. Um, so I, I would say the the five points of in person doing it so we 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 have uh, the years but um when new employees came in it was always it's like like having a, a new member of the family as it were so those 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 might be the funny moment and then yeah you win cases you lose cases you know what well, yeah yeah you're as good as uh, as um, as your case sometimes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and then, look, it's been, well, for a start, it's been an absolute joy to, to, to interview you. Uh, I can tell you, one of our mutual friends, Dan Lowen, had said, like, like how, how much, and I remember it being a quite, I respect Dan's opinion a lot, and I remember him telling me, like, to sing in your praises, right? And I think because I think he was going up to your conference in Edinburgh, and he was like, "Yeah, Palace, such a great guy. I've got to go up there to support him." And I remember thinking, "Wow, okay, I need to chat the chat with Paolo at some point because uh, he he was like really bigging you up." So, um, but I can see why. Um, if you were to give any advice then for, um, uh, you know, the, obviously the world's changed. Yeah, you know, football's become more sophisticated. Still, we've got some way to go. Look, areas, but overall, it's a much more sophisticated and um, complex um, industry, let's call it. Um, what advice would you give to anyone who's either looking to replicate your career or trying to, you know, make a sustainable career in this in, in football? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I think the industry um, can do with um, New well, not not new, but but with uh, pro, there's always space for uh, professionality for, for 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 someone who can add to to the uh, to the industry. You can <clears throat> bring in uh, uh, new new ideas, and uh, but um, in order to be professional and competent, uh, just just you know read, study. Attend, attend, uh, just you know, it's um, attend your. Uh, uh, I don't know. There's there are a number of uh, um, um, uh, master uh, courses. There are uh, a number of uh, events uh, or conferences, which uh, um, uh, like, like the ones that you so brilliantly uh, uh, organize. Uh, uh, Periodically, and I think just um, professional development is uh, is key, uh, really, because per se, well, it's not. Is it difficult? Is sports law difficult? It's it's law. It's it's same as other. You know, it's not the issue. Is not sports law per se. It's the fact that you need to be uh, prepared, uh, competent, and you know what the clients do spot that. 
if you're um, the, the clients have um, developed a sense, I believe, of uh, who um, can really help them, who is um, they not necessarily as prepared as they could be. Okay, and maybe not the first uh, it's a, time, right? But second time, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's a small world, you know. It's expanding, uh, the, the, but the industry is is small, still small. So um, yeah, so I, I would say definitely uh, um, career, uh, uh, sorry, professional development. Uh, so um, study and and prepare uh, very much uh, solid, are the two is, things. That is solid advice, and I think. Uh, I, I I would I virtually high five you for that one because I think uh, it's something I complain about all the time is that there's um, the amount of people like I get frustrated that I can't read all the cases I'd like to read in the regulations nowadays and it really does it does great at me because I actually quite enjoy it um, not that I'm very good at it but the nevertheless I find it very enjoyable and you know it's great to think of and really sort of digest this stuff but the amount of people that nowadays. I don't, I don't, again, I don't think it's that much different to before, apart from the scales different. You know, more people are interested in this sector, so therefore, by default, you don't have as many people as being a thorough. Um, but I do think there's a, a times people can overlook some really basic stuff, like as you're saying, <laughs> read the regulations, read the cases, you know, read around the materials, and up to events. I think absolutely wonderful advice. Paolo, you're a gentleman. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, I'll buy you a drink when next time I see you. Um, I so much look forward to, to that. Seriously. Um, uh, and, and a shout out to Philippa for organising this. <laughs> okay. Thanks very much. Uh, brilliant. And uh, I'll just finish and say, remember, for all the latest legal issues and developments from the world of sport, go to lawinsport.com. And of course, the only thing we ask is if you enjoyed the interview, enjoy what Palo said, please do tell him. But also tell other people in your network. Yeah, we, we, we are a community. That's how we perceive it, at least. Uh, and we appreciate people sharing ideas, thoughts, concepts. So please, if you found value in this, please do share it with other people and please do tell people. Really appreciate it. And thanks so much for tuning in.